Hello everyone. Falcha, welcome to the Incomparable History of Ireland podcast. This show is to share the richness of this ancient island. It's Michelle Lauren. I am Lauren, your host on this journey through the stories of this Emerald Isle. I represent the Clan Nagel of Delaware, an Irish society for the education of Irish language, history, and culture. I'm so excited for this episode. Oshin is my favorite story in all of Irish mythology. The lines between myth, reality, folklore, and Christianity are very blurred, and it's hard not to believe some truth to the story that I'm about to share with you. As you know from earlier episodes, he was the son of Finn McCool and his first wife, who he found as a deer. The name Oshin actually means fawn or little deer in Irish. He was one of the brightest and the best of the Fenia. He was a skilled warrior, a poet, and a bard. Oshin also had a strong sense of justice, and he was one of the supporters of Dermid against his own father, who he felt Finn was acting unfairly since Dermid was under a guise. It is said that he assisted the monks and St. Patrick write down many of the deeds of the Finia in the interest of historical record. If you believe these stories, he actually talked with St. Patrick himself. Finn and the Fenia were out hunting in the County Kerry, and they stopped to rest on a hill overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. They saw a woman riding a majestic white horse across the top of the waves. And as Finn and Oshin and the rest of the Fenia stared in amazement, they could see she was a very beautiful woman with long golden hair that flowed down past her waist and streamed out behind her in the wind. She was the most beautiful woman Oshin had ever seen. And at first sight, Oshin's heart pounded and he felt woozy. She stopped in front of the men and Finn said to her, You are very welcome to our country, young lady. I don't believe I've seen you here before. And she said, Oh, but I've seen you. When you couldn't see me, Finn McCool, I often come to Ireland to watch you and the Finia and your son Oshin. At the sound of his names on her lips, Oshin's knees turned to jelly. What is your name? Where do you come from? Who is your father? And what is your husband's name? Finn asked. My name is Nave. I'm from the Tairnanog. My father is Manananon MacLear. Manananon MacLear was a, a legendary sea god of the Tuatha and the Finn and Fenia knew him well. He also appears in a lot of Scott and Manx mythology. Her name, Neve, means brightness. Neve of the golden hair from the land of the youth, where no one ever grows old. You didn't mention the name of your husband back in Ternanog, Finn reminded her, and Oshin and every man on Fenia held their breath. Many men in Ternanog have offered me their love, said Nave, but I have given my love to none of them. That seems very unfair of you not to give your love to a man, he said. Severely, for he was a man with a keen sense of justice. She smiled at Oshin, and the jelly in Oshin's knees turned to water. 
I have watched and loved and adored Oshin from afar, and I have come to earth to make Oshin my husband and bring him back to the other world. Oshin looked at his fellow heroes of the Fenia, and he saw several things at once in their eyes. Jealousy, that Knave had chosen him, and relief that she was taking some of the competition for the other women away. But mostly he saw sadness at the parting of their friend and comrade. Oshin looked at Finn and saw the look of satisfaction that a father feels when he sees his son well-connected in marriage, but mostly sadness at the thought of his son leaving him. Spervangela and Lane is a phrase Colm used to describe her in his song, and it's an expression that poets have been using for hundreds of years when ordinary words aren't enough to describe a woman. It's my opinion that the phrase was invented by Oshin himself for this very occasion, and it translates into sky woman very bright. We don't know if Oshin had second thoughts, or any at all, for that matter, but if he did, Nave swept them away when she leaned down from the saddle. Calm songs, you know, sums it up pretty much. Valshi Labri, aha. Valshi la bogue, pogue, pogue. Is val she egan on ago? Go ter nanog. Which translates, she enchanted him with her unearthly beauty. She beguiled him with a kiss. And without the slightest difficulty, she enticed him to go to ter nanog. Oshin leaped onto the great white horse behind Nave and they galloped off across the waves to Ter Nanog, where Oshin received a warm welcome from Manananá and his people. There was quite an adventure along the way, if you choose to read the full story. Now, if this was a fairy tale, I could say, and they lived happily ever after. But it's not a fairy tale, and they didn't. And if Oshin had fallen completely in love with Neve at first sight, he fell twice as completely in love every time he looked at her. They lived happily for three revolutions of the seasons, or three years, as they would have said, if they lived in a place that counted time in an island where time doesn't exist. Until one day, Oshin said to Neve, I keep remembering the look of sadness in my father's eyes and the eyes of my friends in the Fenia as I was leaving Ireland. If they miss me as much as I miss them, they'll be as happy to see me again as I will to have seen them. I'd like to borrow the white horse and go back to Ireland for a short visit. Knave was distraught. Are you not happy here? And the song says, No fog a hot shan er sneef, na him a wim a cree, ma a gone ter anug, ni ella tu arish, which means, Don't leave this place, said Neve. Don't go away from me, my darling. If you leave ter anug, you will never return. When Neve saw that he was determined to go, she said, Remember when I went to Ireland to bring you here? I stayed on the horse the whole time. Whatever you do, Oshin, promise me you won't get off the horse. Don't ever touch the ground. If you touch the ground, you can't come back. I promise, Oshin said, I'll be back in the blink of an eye. 
Neve begged and pleaded for Oshin to be safe and come back to her. Of course I will, said Oshin. I love you and I could never be happy without you. I'll come back so fast you'll never even know I left. And Oshin said to Neve what many men have said to many women down through the ages, as far as I know. Some men are still saying it. Silly woman, don't worry. Nothing's he went directly to Dun Allen, where the Fiend and Finia lived where they weren't when they weren't out hunting or defending Ireland against invaders. This is a massive fort on the hill of Knock Allen in County Kildare, which was built by Finn's great grandfather, Newid Newid of the Silver Arm, King of the Tuadanana, that you met in one of our first episodes. But as Oshin galloped up the hill, he noticed the road was overgrown and the fields were untended, and he heard no voices and saw no people. When he reached Dunallen, he saw the roof had fallen in and the walls were tumbled down. He couldn't imagine what had happened. The headquarters of the Fenia was deserted. Oshin went back down the road and turned the horse's head toward Glen's Mall, the Glen of the Thrushes one of Fenia's favorite hunting grounds near Dublin. He saw the first people. A group of men were struggling to move a large rock, and Oshin wondered at this. Any one of the Fenia could have picked up that rock with one hand. Here were ten men pushing and pulling and prying at the rock and not able to move it an inch. What had happened to the people since Oshin left Ireland for Tirnanog? Oshin noticed that they were small, puny, about the size of you and me, everyone else these days. There was an amazement in the men's eyes as they looked up at Oshin on this great white horse. He greeted them and asked them where he could find Finn McCool in the Fenia. Finn McCool, they said, the Fenia. There's no one around here named Finn McCool, and I and never was. They said back in the old days, people used to tell fairy tales frightening children about the race of the evil giants called the Fenia, who went around eating people, but no one tells those stories anymore. That's when Oshin realized 300 years had passed in Ireland while he thought he was away for three years, and his father and friends had been dead for a long time. He said, it's a good thing they don't tell those stories anymore, Oshin said. They're lies. I'm Finn's own son, Oshin, and I was a member of the Fenia myself. We weren't giants, but any one of us could have picked up that rock with one hand. My son, Oscar, could have thrown it to the seed on the second hill that way, or the seed the second hill that way. He turned the horse's head towards the west and Tiranonog, but one of the men said, Prove what you say is true by lifting this rock for us, and then we'll listen to your stories of the Fien, uh, Fenia and your, your father, Finn. I'll do that so, Oshin said, to set the record straight, and then I'll go back to Tiranonog, for there's nothing left for me in this country. Oshin remembered what Neve said about not getting off the horse. So he leaned down from the saddle, put his hand under the rock, but when he began to lift it, the girth of the saddle broke under the strain, and Oshin fell to the ground, and as soon as he touched the soil of Ireland, 
300 years worth of world's time caught up with his body, and he was instantly turned into a withered, blind old man. Neve's great horse galloped away. Some say it was because he was frightened at what happened to O'Sheen, but no, he was wise enough to understand that O'Sheen could never return to Tirnanog now. The men caught an awful fright. They thought O'Sheen was dead until they heard him muttering, Tirnanog, Tirnanog. So they did the logical thing. They, they took him to the wisest man they knew, and that was St. Patrick. Patrick was an old man himself then. He died around 1,500 years ago, so we, he would have, we would have known almost the exact date when O'Sheen returned to Ireland from Tirnanog, which was about A.D. 480. The Fiend and the Fenia had been dead for 200 years. When the, men of, when the men told Patrick that O'Sheen had said he was O'Sheen, the son of Finn McCool, Patrick knew what they were talking about, and he was very interested. He had a great respect for the old traditions and stories, and he knew that O'Sheen was a poet and a historian of the Fenia, and if anyone could tell him the old stories, it was O'Sheen. But there was another thing. O'Sheen was the last of the old pagan heroes, and Patrick very much wanted to convert him to Christianity and baptize him. But what was he to do with this feeble, blind old man who kept muttering, Tirnanog, Tirnanog, which means the land of the youth, the land of the youth. Patrick was kind and sympathetic, and he said to O'Sheen, Tirnanog is gone now. It dis- it's disappeared with the coming of the new religion of Christianity. Nilshimfio, O'Sheen said, that's not true. And of course it wasn't. How could Tirnanog be gone if it's forever? But Patrick thought it was true, or perhaps he wanted it to be true. O'Sheen said, Fekir and Shine, here and Erspeira, Shin Aot Goma, Walamve, Shin Tirnanog, which means, look, there it is, just there on the horizon. That's where I belong, in the land of the youth. Patrick shook his head sadly to see O'Sheen staring with his slightest, slightest eyes and pointing at a wall. Eventually, O'Sheen understood that for him, Tirnanog would always remain just there on the horizon. Patrick took O'Sheen into his house and gave him a servant boy to look after him and lead him around. And he was he asked O'Sheen to tell him the old stories and explain how places in Ireland got their names so he could write down the information for future generations. O'Sheen realized it was the only way to correct the lies about um, the Fenia that people were telling, and so he agreed. So O'Sheen and Patrick traveled around the country with a scribe. That's how the stories of the Finn, Finia, and Finn, his father, had come down to us today, from O'Sheen through the writings of Patrick's scribe, down through the generations of poets and storytellers like myself today. The scribe, whose name was Brogan, was either extremely conscientious or overwhelmed in the presence of the two most prominent men of his age. He wrote down everything until Patrick told him he could leave out the instructions to himself. Write it, Brogan, 
in the form of truly wise conversation about the adventures of the son of Cool and the great trials he endured. Let us listen to what Oshin says. Patrick took the opportunity to tell Oshin about the God of Christianity and heaven and hell. And where are the Fenia? Oshin asked him one day. They're in hell because they weren't Christians, Patrick said. What's hell like? Oshin asked. It's hot and there are devils and demons always poking at you with a pitchfork. Sure, the Fenia will be able to handle them. They've fought worse at their time. What about heaven? What is it like? Everything is warm and comfortable, and you sing the praises of God all day. Sounds boring, Oshin said. I'd rather be with my friends in hell if I can't go to Tirnanog. And you say your God is stronger than our gods? Well, sounds boring, Oshin said. I'd rather be with my friends in hell if I can't go to Tirnanog. And you say your God is stronger than our gods? Well, if my son Oscar and your God wrestled it out on a hill... And I saw Oscar go down, I'd say your God fought well. That is a version by Frank O'Connor. After all the stories were written down, O'Sheen needed to do something to earn his keep. The old and blind and feeble though he was, O'Sheen still had the strength of ten normal men, and Patrick put him to work clearing the fields of big stones that were too heavy for other men to move. O'Sheen didn't mind this at all. A real poet enjoyed working close to the earth and getting his hands dirty with honest labor. But one day he complained. Patrick, he said, you have me working hard all day moving stones, but you don't feed me properly. O'Sheen said, Patrick, how can you say that? You get a full quarter of beef each day for your meat. You get a full griddle of bread and you get a full churn of butter. O'Sheen said, in my day, I've seen a quarter of a blackbird bigger than your quarter of beef. I've seen an ivy leaf bigger than your griddle bread. And I've seen a rowan berry bigger than your churn of butter. I don't believe that, Patrick said. But he told Patrick he could prove it. O'Sheen knew there was a litter of puppies in the house down the road. He told his servant boy to bring the puppies to him. The boy did so. And O'Sheen said, Fasten a cowhide to the wall, then throw the pups up against the cowhide, one by one, and tell me what happens. The boy threw the pups up gently to the cowhide and reported to O'Sheen. All the puppies fell down except the last one. He held on to the cowhide with his teeth and claws. O'Sheen said, keep that one and raise him in a dark room for a year, but don't let him taste meat or blood during that time. And the boy did that. At the end of the year, O'Sheen said, Now put a collar and a chain on the dog and lead me to Glenismole. Glenismole, the Glen of Thrushes, is a peaceful glen in the Wicklow Hills, just an hour's bike ride out of the center of Dublin. There are farms at the lower end where the land is green and fertile, and the glen rises into hearthy hills. All you can see and here are sheeps and horses wandering loose and wild birds and animals living their wild and natural lives. As, as you remember, this is where O'Sheen fell off the great white horse. When O'Sheen and the boy arrived in Glenismole, O'Sheen told the boy he would see a big stone and describe the stone he meant, and the boy found it, and he led O'Sheen to it. 
He said, lift the stone and tell me what you find under it, boy. But the boy couldn't lift it. O'Sheen lifted the stone and the boy said there was a rusty old sword and an iron ball and a big bronze trumpet. O'Sheen said, take the trumpet and blow it and tell me what you see. But he saw nothing. O'Sheen took the trumpet and blew a blast on it and it knocked the leaves off the tree in Glenis Mole and shook the birds from their perches. He asked the boy, what do you see? He said he saw a flock of blackbirds flying this way up the glen and behind the flock is another flock of blackbirds and they're even bigger than the first flock. Anything else? Behind the flock is a third flock of blackbirds and they're even bigger than the ones I've seen so far. O'Sheen said, take the chain off the dog and the dog ran towards the blackbirds and he singled out the largest bird and attacked it and finally killed it. The dog licked the bird's blood and then turned towards O'Sheen and the boy growling, licking his lips as big and ferocious as the dog was. The bird was even bigger and it was a hard battle, its eyes blazing in blood and slaver dripping down from its mouth. O'Sheen asked what was happening. The boy said the dog killed the blackbird, drank its blood, and now I think its taste for blood has driven the dog mad. Now it's coming towards us. Now it's running. It's going to attack us. O'Sheen said, take the iron ball and throw it at the dog. But the boy was afraid. So O'Sheen took the ball and asked to point, point me where the dog was, point. O'Sheen threw it and the ball went through the dog's mouth straight in and out the other end and it killed it. O'Sheen told the boy, sharpen the sword, cut open the blackbird and tell me what you find in its stomach. The boy cuts open the blackbird and he said, I found two things in its stomach, an ivy leg that is bigger than a griddle of bread and a rowan berry that's bigger than a churn of butter that Patrick gives you each day. O'Sheen told the boy to cut off a quarter of the blackbird with the sword. The quarter of the blackbird was bigger than the quarter of the beef that Patrick had been giving O'Sheen for his meat each day. O'Sheen told the boy, show these things to Patrick. When Patrick heard the story and saw the ivy leaf and the rowan berry and the quarter of the blackbird, he said to O'Sheen, he was wrong. You told me no lie. O'Sheen said it was the three things we lived by as a Fenia warrior. Truth in our hearts, strength in our hands, and fulfillment in our tongues. I try to live that way myself. O'Sheen's grave is in dispute, but one place that seems to be believed by many is the megalithic court Corin, located on the hillside in Lubedrish, near the Glen Glenon River outside the villa village of Cushendal. That's on the north Antrim uh, County coast. So you could go and see that for yourselves. Our next story is going to cover two more stories of the um, Fenian cycle, and then we will move on to the King cycle and the story of Nile of the Nine Hostages and how three million people today have his DNA. Goramahagat. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Incomparable History of Ireland. 
please leave a review so that I can get better and better at providing these for you. And also, you can visit my Facebook page, Slana Give. Goodbye, everyone. Godi on Haid Ur Ella. Until next time.